0: We always have a blast chatting with our guests about all sorts of different topics, but sometimes we go off the rails and dig deeper into their automotive and motorsports pasts. As a bonus, let's go behind the scenes with this pit stop mini for some extra content that didn't quite fit in the main episode. Sit back, enjoy, and remember to like, subscribe, and support BreakFix on Patreon. So I heard y'all had a great time without me, talking about imported cars and whatnot, but I want to know a little more about your car history and something Crutch called the compound, which actually sounds very similar to the mountain.
1: Uh, do you want me to go first or Emily? <laughs> Whichever one.
2: Why don't you go first, mean, we could two. get
1: out a twenty-sided die if you like. and do it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can go. Um, do you want me to like recount like how I got into cars? Yeah, that would, would cars be I started with. Like sure. What which?
3: Uh, so I want to segue real quick because. When I say this, you know you'll understand what I'm saying, but no one else will. Let's talk about the compound.
2: Oh, oh! We're out of the compound officially. I know. There I know you're out of the cars. Oh, you
3: got all the cars out.
2: All the cars are out. It it was it was touch and go there for a bit. But all the cars are officially out of the compound.
1: So I I, I think part of my uh, becoming a gearhead story involves the fact that I
2: uh, had an enabler. I, <laughs>
1: I, I How many Ford
3: house. Falcons does he own? <laughs> Sorry, Galaxies.
2: Ford How many Falcons.
1: Ford Galaxies? Galaxies, he's got a shit ton of. Uh, so he probably had, has a handful of Falcons.
2: We used to live, so Nate rented a property from somebody that he used to work with who loved cars and loved collecting cars and all matter of decay because that's what most of them were at the time.
1: These were mostly non running
2: I said decay didn't I um, highly wait,
1: valued sorry. replacement parts wait yes. so did highly you value <laughs> rust <laughs> did you did you live in a junkyard this,
2: basically this yes. Kind of, yes
1: from from Google satellite view it definitely kind of looks like well
2: this. if you could see all the cars in Google satellite view then yes but most of them were under uh, makeshift cover or had metal on top of them to protect you know the convertible components of them because the fabric had rotted away and sitting so long.
3: He but didn't want were, the patina to change.
2: Oh, that's true. <laughs> the patina on some of the cars was gorgeous, but still. So there's so the compound is a loving place where uh, most American cars, specifically Cadillacs.
1: Ford, Ford and Lincoln. Said,
2: Ford and Lincoln, sorry. Ford and Lincolns go to rest and some, to be parted out. Some Mercuries And some Mercurys go to be parted out and they, they go there and they stay. More cars come in than leave. And we lived there for a while. For a long while nate lives there a lot longer and it, it was a it was a nice experience to like make sure that you were up on your tetanus whenever you walked around the property
3: been there um, <laughs> been we that.
2: certainly had access to lots of equipment to work on cars which was nice if we could get to the equipment because there were often cars in the way
1: yeah the problem the problem was he while well, well, he had like this giant Compound shop that had like a seven bay car garage and 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 a paint paint and a paint booth and all this stuff and a uh transmission tunnel ramp thing. Oh it was wonderful. Mostly all that stuff was covered with boxes that were rusting apart.
2: And boxes (laughs) of parts for those cars. But so at one point I think we had how many cars? Ten? We owned ten cars at one point. We yes, we had ten of them. We had ten cars while we were living at the compound, and we've we slowly gotten rid of a lot of them. Um, well, a lot of them meaning we got rid of the one that was like I don't even know why you really bought it. The parts car. The parts car. The one
1: that Crutch actually helped helped me get to my house. Uh,
2: that's that's...
1: towed it
3: from Delaware to Central Maryland.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it had to be um,
3: loaded on my trailer
1: with a forklift. I so the, that um... was that was an E thirty four that I got for 300 bucks. For the uh, engine. So that I could take the engine out of it because it's the M30 B35.
2: But we kept the whole car rather than just pulling the engine because you know, we can make money off of the parts, Uh uh-huh. And it sat (laughs) and
1: we never made money off
2: of the parts. (laughs) This is starting (laughs) to
1: sound, this is starting to sound a lot like the mountain. This is
0: what the mountain aspires to be.
1: So, no, no. <laughs> what is
3: so, what is the mountain? <laughs> <laughs> we have we have another member,
1: Mount Man name Dan. Dan. Mount, Man Mount Dan. Man Dan.
3: He has uh over under 150 jettas on his property it seems and and golf <laughs> oh, Golfs. I, I'm I'm exaggerating obviously, but he uh he has there's 10 def- 20
1: square body trucks there is definitely north of 30 cars on the property yeah there's are they one Wolf- Volkswagens? no no, no. There, there's the domestic section there's the import <laughs> section there are two hey. and I, I like I have to I have to specify there is a mercury sable wagon and a Taurus wagon do not confuse the two because if you talk about them he gets upset. So.
0: Also, if you call them donor cars, he gets upset. Oh too.
3: yeah, the, the donor <laughs> no, no. vibe. He gets really upset when you show up and take parts from his cars when he's not there.
1: Ah. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. Brad and I didn't do that once overnight. No,
0: not at all. I can't think of one time.
1: No, yeah, not at all. So yeah, so it, it the ratio right now is like one car per acre. So you know, hey, whatever. But you know, it, we're getting there. So yeah, the, the compound, uh, uh, my, my landlord's hoarding habits, uh, rubbed off on me a bit. And I started with my, uh, Saab 9.5 and then I got the Volvo Amazon. And then when I found out that the Volvo Amazon that I bought was so rusty and the rear axle needed to be replaced and all that, I ended up finding another Volvo Amazon out in Tucson, Arizona, that was rust free that I got shipped cross country using u-ship and then uh, it showed up with uh, with, no, uh, with no with no no running gear so just just the body no front and rear suspension but thankfully my landlord on the compound has a forklift and and of course this car was on a what is that like one of those big uh, mobile parking garage trailers—the one with all the weird angles that can tilt and do how a did they get double-decker on? double-decker car trailer thing. We and had a
2: forklift; it came off.
1: But it was. How the, did they get it off? They the,
2: <laughs> they had a forklift. Clearly,
1: <laughs> the car was put on a big homemade wooden pallet and then forklifted onto the top of this uh, car moving trailer thing. Wait, and then um, my landlord had a forklift and I used the forklift to forklift it off and then uh got it on the property on the compound.
2: That one we were actually able to keep undercover for a while so that that one was nice and protected and remained rust Um but the compound certainly contributed to other habits because that you had those two cars plus your other car so you want to talk about the Mercedes. Oh
1: not yet. Oh do you still have the Mercedes? I do
2: well technically not Mercedes. right now <laughs> that's a that's another fun one so why don't we just talk no, no, about no. the Mercedes no,
3: we'll, well let me set this up first it, it was a Mercedes station wagon no no no
2: we'll come with, back to that.
3: No, we're, with we're rear do facing back
1: seats
2: all of your dirty laundry for cars is coming out because I have to live with you so This is about the time when we started living together and I have two kids and he has two kids so that's six people. That's a lot of people if you want to go someplace as a family together. So this gentleman over here decided, well, we should get a vehicle that can seat all of us. Okay, cool. I've been looking at this Mercedes W124 station wagon for a while and I think that's it. And then, hey, I found one for sale on eBay. What do you think? I don't know why we're buying a car right now. Well, there's this one, and it, it's only like... I,
1: I don't even think we were talking about buying a car. I think I was just showing you the car. What do you think of this? What, you yes, like the way that's it right. looks. He showed I did not at all allude to buying a car.
2: <laughs> that That's what? where it gets even worse, is he showed it to me and said, what do you think about it? And I said, it was fine, but... I was not under the impression that we were buying a car. We took the kids to a park that day. And then the next words out of his mouth as we were sitting on the bench together was, oh, shit. (laughs) I'm like, what do you mean, oh, shit? I bought a car. What the fuck are you talking about? You bought a car. Remember that Mercedes wagon I showed you? I bought it. Can we go to New Jersey and pick it up on Thursday?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So this car was listed on eBay. And when I saw it, it was a fairly low price. I think it was like, I don't know, like high, high, like 1800 to $2,000. Uh, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cheap. So let me put a bid on it. And then uh, not thinking that I would actually win it, like two days later, uh, I actually won it for like 2800 bucks.
2: The moral of the story <laughs> is don't put them in on a car unless you're actually ready to buy it. So he ended up buying it, and we ended up making the trip to New Jersey, and the trip up was lovely. And then we got to the shop where the car was, and then we learned about the car. I think
1: the trip overall was lovely.
2: It was lovely until you learned about the car. Uh,
1: What was it? The the fuel gauge didn't work. (laughs) Um, What else did it work? We
2: found out that the fuel gauge sender was actually missing.
1: Was there a <laughs> hole in the
3: tank because the of The guy
1: that? who sold it to me just said the fuel gauge didn't work. And then when we actually got it home and dug into it, there was no fuel center in the tank at all. Like somebody had like, it, it had probably broken at some point. They had taken it out and just put the lid cap back on. It was <laughs> gone. Uh, so the fuel, the fuel gauge didn't work. I feel like something else. said. Oh, the locks. Yes. So, so we pick up the car, we buy the car. Uh, we, we, uh, we, we drive it away and go to some parking lot where we can like actually check it out after we bought it and figure out all the things we
2: went to white
1: castle um <laughs> and after we checked it out we then went to white castle and then we were in like some shady part of new jersey as every white castle um, is. as as probably where every <laughs> white castle is located <laughs> the locks um, didn't i've been right there at, yeah. and we're like were you like way up the ter- car, car?
3: Were, were you way up and... the turnpike <laughs>
1: what were you way up the jersey turnpike yeah, it was, like, right outside of New York City.
3: I've probably been to that same White Castle. Yeah, you don't want to be there without locking your doors.
1: Yeah, so we're like, okay, we need to lock the car. We get out of the car, and I lock the car, and, like, the alarm starts going off. Um, oh and so then I have to unlock the car, and the alarm, thankfully, stopped going off. But uh, the Mercedes, at least the, the W124, and probably some of the earlier models, used a vacuum-actuated locking system. So uh, Don't
2: buy a car with a vacuum actuated <laughs> locking system, please.
1: Are you saying they suck?
2: No, they don't. <laughs> That's
1: the problem. Well, when when mice invade a car and like That's to an chew on the hard plastic vacuum lines, and they then they so understand. let's
2: let's talk about the mice in the car for a minute. So we live at the compound. We're we're in a rural part of Laurel, and mice have been attacking this vehicle. And you'd think that at this point the mice have probably vacated the premises. But no, they did not. We found more mice or evidence of mice in said Mercedes. And then all of a sudden, we didn't start seeing any more mice. And we were kind of curious as to why there's no more mice in the car, because we didn't really do much to get rid of them. Well, we were working on the Mercedes. We were, what, changing the oil. We It has, it has a protective cover underneath of it. So we're both laying on the ground. We're removing the, we're- the screws to pull the protective cover off of the bottom of it. And this coil drops down and we're like, that's really weird. And then the coil
1: moves. Like where, where did this hose come from?
2: Where did the hose come from and why is it moving? It was a snake. So we both like roll away from the car, across the asphalt at the compound and there's a snake in the engine. We're like, how the fuck do we get the snake out? So I put on gloves and long sleeves and I ended up pulling the snake out of the engine as it tried to drive back into the chassis to get through to the cabin, which is not fun. I got bit, it's not poisonous, but that was the first snake in the Mercedes. There was
1: another snake.
2: (laughs) There was another snake, (laughs) which he's outside doing an oil change on the Mercedes. And all of a sudden he comes hauling ass into the house and this is not the first of problems with Mercedes. This is several of them. Hans Holland has in the house, he's like, oh my God, I found a snake. What do I do? And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I took care of the last one. The snake had decided to coil up on the oil containment. Uh,
1: uh, Just... it, it was in an oil pan.
2: Yeah, it was in an oil pan.
1: So, like cat's panda. Like, so you're that
2: ready. one I ended up killing because we didn't know what kind of snake it was and I was not willing to get bit again by that, it. That
1: one was a much smaller snake, it like was, a baby. But
2: it was smaller. But the small. first
1: one was like...
2: Massive. Four
1: feet long, something yeah. like that. It was huge.
2: But the, this is all after we got the mercedes back yeah, so he, this genius to say no 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 all the all the dirty laundry so this genius we get the mercedes and we need to get it through the inspection so what does he want to do is he wants to replace the aluminum strips on the door sill because they didn't look quite right this wasn't so related
1: to the inspection it was this, related, this to inspection related to the inspection because getting it ready to go to wolf's we different. had to get
2: it through the inspection first so he's out in the garage by the way compound large area multiple Outbuildings. He's down at the back part of the property in another building. At night, after driving what eight hours to take your son to your parents and then back home, and he's he's scraping away at the aluminum sill molding with a brand new Exacto knife and decides to slice open his hand. So we made a trip to the emergency room. He has a lovely scar to show for it. But we had what one week to get the car. Passed inspections and now he can't work on it. So, this this was my uh, hey, honey, can you help me? <laughs> can, my you, fire. can you do the brakes? Can you do the rotors? Can you do the emergency brake on the Mercedes? That way it can just pass inspection. That's how I learned how to do brakes and rotors, was this guy with the bum hand. Oh, so
1: how about the worst uh, transmission needed to pass inspection? The thing that I sliced my hand open on Priorities. is certainly not at all related to the inspection. Priorities
2: that are important. I like, I like the, pick the car to look good.
3: I seem to also remember stories of the transmission in that car too. So there, there were a lot oh, of stories. So she,
1: she, she had jumped all over the place. <laughs> not keeping the timeline. So we go get the car in New Jersey. We It doesn't have a working fuel system <laughs> or fuel gauge. We get it back uh we we go to white castle i mentioned that we yeah. go to the uh we go to the what's the statue of liberty we yeah. took the ferry out to the statue of liberty yeah it, it was a good road trip for a random purchased car on eBay. That, um, <laughs> that that has it has had a long tail of maintenance and car support <laughs> tied to it it's um, like a
2: it's like a bad Windows install.
1: So we, we we had to do a bunch of things to get it to pass inspection. Uh the shocks were completely blown. It yeah. drove like
2: uh like, a, like a, a
1: donk just bouncing down the road. <laughs> um yeah. Uh so so we put H and R lowering springs, um and
2: uh It looks lovely. New, new it looks much lower. It's 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 quite beautiful, like So we we borrowed Crutch's, uh, what is it? Fender flaring? Fender flaring tools. So we we rolled the fenders so that we could put the nice nice new wheels on. They look lovely, especially with everything lowered. Fixed the uh, grill on it, so the grill is nice and shiny. Had to pull parts off of a couple of different ones that w- that was nice to put together. Thankfully
1: Mercedes made a shit ton of the W124 models so they're always in the junkyard when you need to go find parts.
2: But it eventually got to the point where we when we drove it back from New Jersey and a couple times after that we didn't realize that the transmission fluid was low. No? Yeah. no? no, no. So um. we did
1: all that work to get the car ready to pass inspection and because we were going to take a road trip to New Hampshire to take it to Wolfscart. Uh, so Wolfsgart is this—it's actually a, a Volkswagen-focused uh, uh, car show up in Vermont, in Burlington. Uh, it's a fantastic car show. Um, so we were going to take the. the so, so we took the we took the Mercedes, Mercedes up there on our first big road trip after buying it later that same summer. Um, it got up there with with no problems really. Um, and then the night before the show, or the, the morning of the show, we go out to breakfast, uh, get some breakfast burritos. We come out to the car. There's a there's, puddle under it. There's a puddle of oil underneath the car.
2: Not a drip, a puddle. You could swim in it.
1: Puddle. Uh, so we, we drove down to the nearest like AutoZone or uh, Advanced Auto Parts. I forget what it was. Buy some oil. I think it took like two quarts of oil. <laughs> it was a lot. Was it- I mean, the engine takes like seven. So it wasn't. It wasn't like completely. This down wasn't on oil.
2: the trip that we had to replace the alternator, right? No, no. Uh, that was a second separate trip.
1: <laughs> there have been lots of trips where things <laughs> broke. So uh, added oil, bought some extra cans of it, did the rest of the the show event in Wolfsgard fine, uh, and then kind of drove drove back to Maryland. And on the drive back to Maryland, we noticed that the car squealed when we put it in, when, when we tried to put it in reverse. It's a it's an automatic. And didn't think to check the transmission fluid. Probably should have.
2: Always um, check the transmission <laughs>
1: fluid. Uh, we, we got home and uh, turned out the car was super low on transmission fluid. Running it low on transmission fluid caused the uh, torque converter to heat up and then spin the bearing on the oil pump in the front of the transmission. Um, and that's what that's what caused all the problems. Along that same point in time, we also noticed that there was oil in the coolant reservoir. Not a good sign. Drain the oil and we had like a full oil pan of like chocolate mix soup.
2: It was really milk, gross. Oh, it was nasty. Uh,
1: so uh, the car ended up having a head gasket problem. <laughs> Within, Don't say. Uh, I mean, it probably, it probably had a head gasket problem when I bought it off of eBay.
2: We ended up pulling the engine and the transmission out, and neither of us, having done an automatic transmission rebuild, decided, hey, let's try it on a Mercedes. Not any of the other German or Swedish cars in the history that he has worked on, certainly not that I've worked on. Um, so,
1: so my, my car history has been a whole lot of firsts, and usually my firsts involve. <laughs> there's learning, no, there's learning, no seconds. Learning hard lessons, <laughs> and then watching a whole shit ton of YouTube videos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
3: you've um, also just described most of our profes- professions too. <laughs> hey, you
2: know, you gotta learn from somebody. Somebody else has gotta screw it up first, so you could just screw it up less badly.
1: So, so we sent the head off to a shop to get the the head resurfaced. We did a
2: we uh, reported
1: we did a redneck rebuild of the block, so uh, rings and bearings and seals and all that. And we tried our hand at rebuilding the automatic transmission, that or at least pain. disassembling of the automatic transmission no, to dis- figure out what was going on. And that's 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 how I found the the spun bearing on the on the front oil pump.
2: It was it remained disassembled for a while in the house. By the way, we we. Rebuilt that transmission and the engine in the house
1: during on the, during, com- during on the, the comp- winter.
2: During the winter, on the compounds, <laughs> I cleared out space on our porch. So we had a porch, it was a covered porch. It, it was an external cold area, so it didn't have heat going to it. But we had already had car parts lined all the way around the porch for the other cars that we had. So I had to reorganize the porch so we had a clean space to rebuild the transmission. Because You can't rebuild a transmission if you've got crap everywhere. It has to be clean.
3: So is Eric starting to realize why I said we need to have this conversation?
2: <laughs> well, this is the entire pit stop
1: right here. I'm just going to cut it out. <laughs> So, so yeah, the nice thing about the compound is there's plenty of room for cars. The not so nice thing about the compound is that none of that is indoor heated space. Uh, So, so we we pulled the engine, we had to lift the engine into the house (laughs) and do the rebuild inside uh, the porch area.
2: And then carry the engine back out of the house. Same thing with the transmission. So we, we ended up rebuilding the transmission. We found first gear because we didn't have first gear before then but then we lost a gear when we did the rebuild so
1: let, let's see it's
2: <laughs> you're shaking your it's, head a, it's a i remember speed. i remember all it's these four speed more.
1: with reverse going into the transmission rebuild reverse didn't work <laughs> coming out of the transmission rebuild reverse worked but fourth gear didn't <laughs>
2: <laughs> and we we, were, we drove it like that for a while and then decided we should probably just pay somebody to, to do a proper rebuild on the transmission. So we ended up so we had put the engine and the transmission back in the Mercedes and then we ended up dropping the our personal rebuild of the transmission out. I still remember. Being Under the Mercedes when it was jacked up and you're like, are you sure you want me to take this out? I'm like, yeah I got this just drop it and I'll shimmy it out from underneath and he couldn't believe that I could lift the transmission Out from underneath of the car like that and that's how we got the new one back in was the same way because you know We didn't have a lift.
1: We, we, we had to build these uh, These cribbing blocks out of two by fours uh, to, to jack the car like
2: very two useful. and a half
1: feet up in the air but they're they're super sturdy and they're super easy to build just a bunch of kind of two by fours kind of like lincoln logs um
2: so so that when we got all that fixed we thought the mercedes problems were going to stop and then you found a hole in the muffler recently oh, that's
1: the reason why were there other mercedes problems
2: there were but we're, we're we ended up replacing the alternator in on a hill in a parking lot of an auto zone on a road trip on the
1: way to the vintage without the
2: any tools to do it which if you if you've seen the the alternator on a mercedes 1 w124 it's a pain in the ass to get out and it is a pain in the ass to put back in so if you have if you are an individual that is interested in working in cars make sure you have a friend with narrow fingers Good finger strength and happens to have crochet hooks and knitting needles nearby because those things come in handy when you're trying to get stuff out or put stuff in. And that's what we ended up doing when we drafted is we had to jack up the car, but it was on a hill and we had to, it was just, it was so hard to do. We were there for I think, like two hours. I think
1: I think that was before, that might have been before we lowered the Mercedes. Oh yeah. And so exactly. it was actually possible to like get the alternator yeah, out without jacking it
2: up. Yeah. Um, but hole in the muffler and rather than decide to fix the exhaust on the mercedes so, so itself
1: you, you said something that made me think uh if you like working on cars
2: be buy a mercedes
1: because <laughs> you'll be able to work on them all the time
2: <laughs> so the, the one time that he decided to not work on the mercedes and take it to a shop we've We've moved to the country. We are in north Northwestern Maryland. We He's have a up,
1: garage now. We have
2: a garage. It's a wonderful three bay garage, two stories. Not tall enough to put a four post lift in, but you know we're, we're talking about plans that we. Can uh, I'm
3: just I'm basically going. around the corner from you, Eric.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so you know the country, and you know the kind of trucks that drive around in the country yeah. with the yeah. exhaust. So by on. the
1: way, by the way, I'm the idiot with the European spec golf wagon running around. Oh, nice. Yeah, Very and then, cool. and I know the guy with the with the bright orange VR6 right hand. Oh, driver. the right hand <gasps> drive one. Yeah, he nice. used to work. He used to work at the Starbucks. He also has a Cabrio with a VR6 swap in it. Oh, nice. So yeah. Oh yeah, so, and his his wagon is VR6 I probably should have asked too. you for exhausts uh, an exhaust <laughs> shop that's decent before I did what I did. Or I just call Mountain Man Dan down from the mountain and he'll do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I I usually do all my own work. And well, a, well, he a, welds, so it's it's a beautiful. Thing. I have a welder. I know how to weld too. I went to Anna, I took a class at Anne Arundel Community College years ago to figure out how to weld. It was great, but uh, but in a in a in a in a bit of weakness, I decided ah I don't want to deal with this hole in my exhaust. I'll I'll take it to a shop and I'll just let them do it. And uh, they've had my car for about a month now. <laughs>
2: We went to pick it up. We got it back
1: after like two or three weeks. And uh, it
2: sounded just like all of the other trucks that come down the road. And it's a Mercedes. It
1: sounded like a diesel pickup truck.
3: Nice. It sounded like the TT that one time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I called. Oh, oh, and they also cut my catalytic converter off, even though I didn't ask for it. That's what pay for. That, that's that's it. So that's still
2: at the shop getting fixed. So we talked to the shop. Wait, is it at the
1: Mercedes? Is it at the Mercedes shop across the no, no, warehouse? No, no, he no, did okay.
2: not take it to the Mercedes shop. Oh, okay. He took it to an exhaust place. No. So is it the fixed. exhaust
1: place across the
3: street from the Rofo? Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're working is.
2: on getting it fixed. They're they're very nice people. So we're hopefully it'll be done this week. So that that's the latest on the Mercedes. <laughs>
1: So I have a couple other questions, some fun questions for you guys, since we've we've talked it you know at, at length about this Volvo. But now that you're a car car people, and Emily's always been one, even though she doesn't want to admit it. Top three yeah. favorite cars of all time. Yes, I you, have
2: a list. And you Hold can't say
1: the 480. <laughs> she's she's I have a
2: list. So I like the Triumph Herald, the MBG GT. The 2002 MR2 W, uh, W10. So the earlier models, not, not like the the, no, the later models that are curvy. The, the Toyota
1: MR2 W10. Yeah. You
2: said 2002. Sorry, Toyota MR2. Sorry, I, I'm just excited. The BMW 2002 touring, specifically the 1973 model, um, 1986 Volkswagen Golf GTI Mark II, 1990s Peugeot 205 GTI. <laughs> Sorry, I have like four more. <laughs> no, go
1: ahead. Um, now you, you're on a roll.
2: <laughs> uh, pretty much any Gremlin. Uh, there was one for sale on Bring a Trailer that was gorgeous. It was purple and lime green and, and had a lovely, lovely paint job on it. Uh, it went for cheap. It went for cheap and we didn't get it. Uh, 1974 Datsun 260Z, Renault R5 GT Turbo, the Studebaker Lark, the two-door wagon model, and now the, the brand new uh, Nissan Z Proto. I've been eyeballing that one.
1: The 400Z that looks yeah. amazing. As- aside from the rectangular front,
2: like we that.
1: have a we have a member that is contemplating getting rid of his F-type Jag for a 400Z. So we're going to see if that's going to happen. Um, he says he has to sit in it first. He needs to know if he fits. So, <laughs> so wow, that and you're and yet you're not a car person, you know or, or whatever. <laughs> that's a very and it's a very specific list like 1986 mark ii not an 88 or a 92 it's like it's got to be an 86. it's like what so
2: i so i (laughs) being around him long enough i've started to spend time reading through the history with some of these cars and noticing the changes in that are made across model years and like some of them are very specific like if you're going to get a year this is the year that you're going to get because it has the least amount of problems it has the the styling that everybody is looking for so there's there's a return on investment if you're getting them i don't really care about the return on the investment part of it
1: like a roundy bmw yeah. 2002 versus a uh, square light it, it's BMW more about 10. like
2: what i like i don't care what other people like i like specific styles i like the 1980s boxiness i like the weird cars i like the ugly cars that a lot of people don't like i still think the aztec is absolutely horrid though
1: and I oh just wait just wait, wait until on. our ugly cars episode comes out it's a doozy <laughs> what do you think of the hhr
2: i don't <laughs> think i've seen it HHR the
1: chevy hhr
3: like Ugly. it's is the p- is the chevy the pt cruiser
2: oh oh no <laughs> oh no so now, the best car
1: ever. so now we'll flip the coin and go to Nate. So if you had a top three cars and you can't be the Volvo 480, what would it be? Huh? I, I, for a long time have lusted after a Porsche 911. I kick myself every day for not getting one like 10 or 15 years ago. <laughs> Is there so the a specific is... year like Emily? like it has to be um, a 1972 E model? With, I, I do know. have a specific year, uh, <laughs> mainly driven based on potential affordability. <laughs> um, I like the uh, like 86 to 89 911 Carrera, right? When they switched from, uh, what was it? The, the, the old gearbox, to the new one. They went from the 915 to the g50s and it's got a 3.2 liter yep i'm I'm a little bit of a porsche person just yeah so i would love one of those (laughs) um but the prices are still oh they're only going they're only only going up up. they're only going up um i really love the renault r5 turbo 2. that again is way out of price range for like ever affording uh so i would settle for a renault 5 r5 gt turbo Kind of looks like the R5 Turbo 2, but it's not rear engined It's normal front engine, front wheel drive. A Peugeot 205 GTI. Um, i I kind of like hot hatches. Uh, but here's a weird one: a, a Lotus Esprit Turbo. <laughs> <laughs> Which version of it? The original one or the later ones? The 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 the, the mid eighties. Okay. Ones? Yeah. Yeah, because the Esprit came out in, like the late seventies, so it all depends, you know. Uh, although I know that car would be a horrible car to own. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The only thing good about those cars is the transmission, and it's a terrible trans. So <laughs> um, I, I do like a lot of the Volkswagen uh, Type Three styles, like oh, the yeah. the fastback or the squareback nice. ones. The 411s. Love yeah. To get like a a squareback. And like resto bought it with uh, like a Subaru engine or something in the back.
3: Well, obviously you need to shove a W twelve in there somehow.
1: <laughs> one eight turbo. I'm just saying. At any rate, well, that's cool. So, okay, let's let's do the the million dollar man question, right? Which is, if you had all the money in the world and you could only buy one car, what would it be?
2: Um, I'm not sure. That's a hard one. Well, if we're talking about all the money in the world, the Renault R5 GT Turbo.
1: No, the ter- Turbo 2, the real one. The, real the one. rear engine.
2: Yeah, that, I think that would be it because it's all the money in the world and those cars are pretty expensive. And, it, and, and it's really cool to look at. Yeah, I, they're, yeah. I, I think that would be the one for me.
1: Um, trying to think of something we might have seen at... Um,
2: oh, what was that? the...
1: Classic Remy's. Uh, so, oh, yeah. what was it, last year, the year before? I don't know, it's been so long. Ago. We've been
2: married for two <laughs> years, so let's start with that. Wow, it's been so that two one. years ago, we so, went to Germany, <laughs>
1: and to, we went
2: to classic Chinese.
1: Uh So in Berlin, there's this amazing old
2: train station, train,
1: station, yeah. train depot, that has been converted to workshop slash collector car storage
2: Museum. Uh, slash almost.
1: museum. Yeah. Um, and it's free to the public to walk in. And you there's workshops around the outside edge of craftsmen working on doing like pristine nut and bolt restorations on old Ferraris and Mercedes and, and things like that. And then there's cars there in storage. Uh, they, ha- they had one of the, what was that uh, Volkswagen electric car oh, from the, the mid-2000s? Up-
3: or the what was it called? The, oh no, that's the, the one. Um,
1: the one was that yeah. it. They well, there was also the was it wasn't the three wheeled one, right? I don't think so. Okay, it
3: was it was like the center seat, really yeah. sleek one.
1: They had one of those there. Uh, they had really old Lamborghinis and Porsches. They had oh, the Lancia Stratos. Mm. That would be a pretty cool car if I had all the money that was they had one of those there um, speaking of Lancia's I when I was looking and buying my Volvo Amazon looking for an old car that was weird and cheap and 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 met those requirements uh I came across a Lancia Beta mm -hmm. some guy had like three of them down in Virginia and they were all rust buckets oh yeah so over here they sold the scorpion and they sold the beta monte carlo they're both betas basically they're they're you have to like that panda i call it the panda front end because it's got that that ring around the lights kind of like a (laughs) delorean you know that whole deal yeah but uh yeah they're interesting little cars the the last time i saw one of those that was running is when i watched herbie goes to monte carlo so yeah (laughs) (laughs) but uh (laughs) (laughs) but at any rate yeah no so that's that's kind of cool that's interesting i mean we get answers from all over the place but one of the ones that brad usually likes to ask is in your opinion the sexiest car of all time
2: cool
0: volvo 480
2: (laughs) (laughs) okay so so i'm gonna say this because so nate probably knows what i'm gonna say i believe it's the mark ii stingray the one that's got the hips for miles, <laughs> and and I, I say that lovingly, like it's the curves on that car are are just beautiful for the era that it was made in. It was it was very not practical, and that's that's in my opinion what makes those cars beautiful. It's not beautiful by modern standards for car design. Um, what did we see recently that Doug was talking about, and it was it was beautiful.
1: Not remember, but that was the one that stuck in my head right now. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's 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 gonna kill me. But Doug Demuro reviewed a car recently that was just wonderful. Was what? It was a two thousand twenty, right? No, I have no idea. We'll figure out what it is. Like later tonight, wake up in the middle of the night and like scream it. <laughs> Eventually, you might hear us. But yeah, I I like the Stingray. I, I think I, they're beautiful.
1: I like. I like the old Porsche three five six. I think those are some of the most beautiful cars. Yeah, we'll we'll flip it on its on its nose. And you guys already kind of you kind of served this up in some respects. But the <laughs> ugliest car in your opinion?
2: I don't think the the Aztec is the ugliest. I think it is very ugly, but I do not think that it is the ugliest.
1: I, I know if I, you, I, I'll go first. Yeah. Um, I think one of the ugliest cars is the Nissan S Cargo.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Looks like a snail. Yep.
2: I don't know. I can't really think of one right now. I I don't know. I cars have to have character and if it doesn't have character, it's it's not really a car. Like a lot of people think of cars as just something to get them from point A to B, and they should really be more than that. So if you don't enjoy looking at it, and you certainly don't enjoy driving it, it's not going to be a pretty car. It's going to be an ugly car no matter what from the inside out.
3: Well, and, and that's, as an automotive enthusiast, it, it, I die a little inside every day because so many people just want an appliance. And so we just, the market gets flooded with an appla- with appliances. You know, other than the, the halo cars or, or some low production models, there aren't that many truly sexy vehicles anymore.
1: That, yeah, that they're, they're all, walk in by. they're all fairly bland. Um, I, I think the Nissan 400Z is like the, one of the most recent cars I've seen that actually has a fairly attractive styling to it because seems like all the other car makers have just been trying to outdo each other with like way too many lines and, and giant grills <laughs> and then things oh, what, like what, ev- what, what, like every new bmw
3: these yeah. days
2: the m3 well,
1: and m4
3: have you seen the the picture that takes an x7 grill and puts it on the front of an e 30
2: that's the new m4 yeah. well,
3: well, the, and, and then
1: and then it has an evolution of that that takes the x7 grill and just makes it the entire <laughs> car <with> yeah <laughs> I, I think the other thing that I, I dislike about current car design is that because of the popularity of SUVs, oh. and probably also due to the ever-increasing safety standards and everything, cars just become bigger and heavier. And like every car these days is kind of a crossover in in, in look. They all look like a car that was put into a photocopier and put on 150 zoom like <laughs> enlargement i don't call them crossovers i call them compromises you know that's <laughs> pretty much what they are so I mean,
3: I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be in the boat where we're probably buying our first crossover here very soon but it will be unique uh because we we are looking at buying one of the first release id4s by Volkswagen so it, it is a crossover style i mean of i've, I've other than, you know, the trucks and SUVs I've had for towing and the truck I had right in college, everything else I've owned has been a sedan, a hatchback, or a wagon. I've, I've never dude, owned something in the crossover segment.
1: Dude, once you go van life, that's it. It's <laughs> over. <laughs> um, a- another car that I am really fascinated about and uh, disappointed that, like, we don't get a lot of cool really cars fun. here in the, in the U.S. being a kind of Hatchback lover, you don't know, get a lot of the cool small little cars.
2: You're about
1: one. The the Honda E. Yeah, that's it. Yes. The, the, are you familiar with the Honda E? I am. And we just talked about this on the fourth episode of the drive through And my sister is a big fan of European hatchbacks as well, but she's in the Fiat camp. And so recently there was a comparison between a rendering of the Fiat 126 electric and the Honda E. And I, I hate to say the Fiat wins every day. <laughs> I, I don't think I've seen that one. I'll have to look it up. Brad might be able to find a picture of it. Oh, well, he's got the cargo there. <laughs> but I, I do think the Honda E is pretty cool. Um, I like the, the front grill headlight area. I like the fact that they've kind of made this the, the dashboard and cluster kind of this seamless uh, screen that goes across the, the dash. And, yeah, they, they tried that in the ingredient. 90s. They tried that in the 90s with the prelude. So, you know. And they so, um, integrated the the side mirrors as cameras uh, built into the screens of the dash. I think that's pretty neat.
3: So I'm looking I'm looking at a photo of the Honda E right now. It looks like a movie robot from the early two thousands. Like it has that front end. It looks like it belongs in Wally. Yes.
2: Um, just straight out of
1: the
3: movie.
2: It's a friendly car. Children will love it.
1: It's different, you know. Uh, another cool uh, oh, the EV game? is the Peugeot E Legend. Have you seen <laughs> that one? It's pretty that one's really cool. Yeah, you guys want to nerd on, on EVs. I gotta connect you with my sister because she <laughs> she goes hog wild on that when we do the drive through. It's like, oh, oh god, there's like a ten of them we gotta talk about. You know, it's like
0: her her favorite is the Bugatti baby too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that thing. Oh forty-five thousand dollars for a kid's toy. <laughs> Great, so do we, and we have a lot of fun doing it. But please remember, we're fueled by volunteers and remain a no-annual-fee organization. But we still need help to keep the momentum going so that we can continue to record, write, edit, and broadcast all of your favorite content. So be sure to visit www.patreon.com forward slash GT Motorsports or visit our website and click in the top right corner on the support and donate to learn how you can help.